episode 11. 11. Today we are going to talk about science. Study, right? No, I wasn't so. paying well, attention. Yeah, I guess the China study. The China study. We've all heard of it if you're in the vegan world. If you're what not. What is it? Why does it pertain to us? Why do they call it the China study? Yes. So, we have a guest on our show. First, First ever. Yay. <laughs> you should feel pretty cool. I do feel pretty cool. All right. Our guest is uh, Coach, you know, Cat. Yes. Do I? That's, uh, my professional name <laughs> is Coach Cat, and that's Cat with a C. Mm-hmm. Uh, my. <laughs> God-given Christian name. You don't have to go to your real name. Felix H. Catalan the <laughs> second. Oh, okay. Oops. Right. <laughs> but, well, but Coach Cat or Cat would be permissible for this podcast. Okay. Well, to start, we are going to do our shot, and Coach Cat does not drink at all, so he's going to do a shot with us, which but, is yeah, really yeah. Funny. required. So it is. right. So obligatory. Uh, real, quick, real quick for those because this is a podcast <laughs> and they can't see. I literally have probably like a milli like. What is that? Milk liter? No, I don't know science. You guys have a little less than a tiniest. It's like like, a fourth of a shot. In a sip, is this a snifter? Is that what these (laughs) are? A snifter. I usually do fourths of a shot. I don't do full shots. I'm about to do the shot of alcohol, which I'm sure is going to like make me gag. Jack Daniels too. But you know, I'm all for traditions. Yep. There we go. Salut, as we say in Italy. Salut. Sweet Jesus, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hammered. Mm-hmm. No. Five foot ten, 300 pound man just got wasted <laughs> off of the tiniest minuscule of Jack Daniels. And I here guess, we go. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. Um, All right. So this episode uh, is, is Jimmy based. So Jimmy's the brains behind this operation. I'm just the talent. Uh, I'm, a, I'm the face of this radio show, and so Jimmy's going to come in with some facts and figures and tell us why we should know about this, this China stuff. I'll lay off the big facts, but... Tell, no, um, I want some no, facts, and I want some figures. I want some facts and figures, yeah, and I want to know why well, just it, it deals official. with vegan. Just to introduce it, I guess, um, I mentioned this in the first podcast, uh, or no, the second, yeah, the first one, why we became vegan, and I particularly... Um, Loved had, the China study. Yeah, I had no interest in veganism whatsoever, but I watched some documentaries, and obviously they can, we've said a few times, make you feel many different ways, but um, it led me into wanting to actually read about this stuff. So I Googled and asked around, you know, what's what's a good book that has some good legitimate evidence as to why veganism is a good option um, for whatever reason? And the China study seemed to be like, go-to Bible for health. We haven't gotten into health too much, but um, the China study is where you go. If you want to see... Well, I'll start off with what is the China study. What is the China study? Um, Why should we know about the China study? Episode 10, we were looking at websites that people asked us what... um, Not asked us. We were pretending people were... You know, fighting us. Fighting veganism. And on Saying this one veganism site, is stupid. One of the first things was, was, and what even is this China study? It wasn't it's even, not a, even study a study in China. Uh, <laughs> so then that begs the question again, why is it called the China study? Because it is a study in China. I don't know why they what said that. What would be the definition? Isn't a study just like I studied that? No, so this, this is the, the... Denmark study. This yeah. is the most... Uh, but you don't, you don't have to get like into the mic. <laughs> the Chicago study. <laughs> yeah, I'm you know. literally swallowing the microphone <laughs> when I speak. Like, 
Um, it is the most, um, it's the largest nutritional study that's ever happened in humankind existence. Um, okay. It's the most amount of people that have ever been studied. It's a nutritional study. And it was a study. nutritional study. Um, was it based from a vegan standpoint or was it just go, like no, going into it? No, that was the results. It? Okay, but going if, into it, did they know? No, it had nothing to do what with What was the hypothesis? Do you know the hypothesis? Yes. Uh, well, no, there wasn't a hypothesis. It was, uh, I'll save my opinions on science, but it comes in on this a lot. Um, but this Jimmy's got Chinese, I guess we could call him a dictator, ruler, leader, um, this is back in the 70s, Joe something. We'll call him Joe. His name is something long and it ends with a Joe. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on, time out. His name is Joe. It ends with a long something and it ends with Joe? We're going to call him Joe. We're going to call him Joe. We're going to call him Something Huji Machi Mochi Joe but or something. But Joe is not anywhere in his name. No, his, his name ends with Joe. I can look up his name. Could you please? Because I'm fascinated. I don't mean to go down this (laughs) rabbit hole, but... uh, And this is a a man of Chinese descent, correct? Yeah, this is the the leader of China. Are we about to learn about the first Chinese man named Joe? (laughs) I'm a little offended. I'm partially Chinese. No, you're not. Well, actually, My baby would say differently. He came out looking like a Chinese man. Uh, I wouldn't been able. To, I wouldn't be able to pronounce it anyways. But let me see it. It's Hori um, Hoto. Hori Hoto. No. That's no, Hirohito. I took a whole class in Hirohito. Hirohito. That's I read the, a book uh, on Iron the... Chef guy. <laughs> it is great. One of the greatest television shows in cable history. Yes, by run by uh, Hirohito. Uh, no, all right, we're gonna uh, wait. Wait, can we just take a moment, like ten seconds, and just reflect on how awesome Iron, Iron Chef, Chef is? Was. Oh yeah. The, the hours spent in college. Watching it? By that show. Learning about foods that I never even knew existed. Yeah, they made like ice cream out of like, I don't eat, like. Fish heads. Like parsley. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they did that. Okay. Sorry. Okay, I back to it. Hor- let's get back to um, Horihito. St- no. Is his name Horihito? Is that Hirohito is, is not. Okay. So he's way back. Oh, it's way better than Joe. Um, Dude, where did you get Joe from that? All right, no, it's not Hirohito. Stop with that. Uh, I can't Kim find Jong-un? his name. What can't is find the his name. Anyway, so this guy gets um, prostate cancer. Okay. And he says, um, "We need. To, oh, it's the fifties. We need to study why I got prostate. Yeah, why I got prostate cancer. It's like I'm pissed. And, I got prostate you know, cancer. This, this, what the fuck? This isn't quite the democracy where you just ask people. You know, here, fill out this form. I send you in the mail. Um, this was." A study that was done in a society where people felt, you know, the pressure to... Whoa, 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 hold on. This was a study done by the Chinese government? I thought this was done by, like, U.S. doctors going to no, China. No, that's what the actual... Chi- okay, let me set this up. I'm so confused. Please this tell me what this is. This guy gets sick. Um, he does a study that includes 880 million people. China's a big place. That's much larger than the whole entire United States, you know? Several fold. All these people were studied? Um, not studied, but they essentially listed and documented why these people died. Okay. Which okay. There's well, that's a, you, a death yeah. records. That's yeah. easy. But there's never been a, such a... There's death Monumental. Records. Yeah. We say you died of cancer, you died of heart disease, you died of prostate cancer, you died of diabetes, you died of... Um, so essentially this... And this just kind of sat there. And it wasn't until... It was done in the 50s? 
Uh, started yes. in the 50s? Well, this guy Wait, no, got no, no, no. the disease in the 50s. So what you're saying is this guy got the disease in the 50s, and then was no, like, this, this, uh, yeah, and then this, study this, this. This was in the 70s. So 650,000 people were hired to go out and research deaths in China. Okay. So 650,000 people were sent out across China to study 880 million people. And okay. And this is they, as a result of Jojo, <laughs> JoJo getting prostate yes. cancer. But it's, so what happened from this was that a couple things came out. But the one thing that the, the China study focuses on is this atlas that was made. It was, an, it was a, a mortality atlas from heart disease and cancer and why people were dying across um, China based on counties. Okay. So Count, Did you say counties? Counties. counties. Yes. So China has counties. China has counties. Yeah, like they Franklin do. County. Yes. Mm-hmm. Franklin County, yeah. China. And they have Joe's too. No, they don't. No. Continue though. Continue. But I think there's both with an H. So, anyways, the book, if you read the China study, this is just a tiny snippet of it. Um, the China study is so this Dr. Campbell, and if you've seen any documentaries about veganism, if you've read any books about him, this guy comes up a lot. He's kind of paved the way for the calls it a whole foods plant-based diet. Him and this heart surgeon, um, Esselstein, which if you've watched any of these, you've, you've, you've heard his name it. too. But these two gentlemen came from very different paths. Campbell. that thunder? I don't know. Sorry, my house is shaking. That's frightening. Um, oh. <laughs> here comes pedal. <laughs> and here comes our eight-year-old. Um, Something's happening. Okay, oh, good. okay. We were confused. We were scared. Yeah, me too. Kind of scared us. All is well then. Um, so anyways, Dr. Campbell's a scientist. He um, is born and raised um, a dairy farmer. He's a dairy far- um, his family owns a dairy farm and um, he's raised through it. So he, he knows all about dairy and consuming it, blah, blah, blah. Esselstein is raised on a beef and a dairy farm. So he's also comes from this industry. But these two gentlemen eventually end up um, coming together. No, um, coming together based on a lot of different things they've done in their life to understand how Plant to prevent is better. cancer and how to prevent heart disease through diet. Okay, hold on. So Can I you, dumb it down? I just need to yeah. take a second because I'm representative of the dumb people of the world. America. Right. Not at all. So you're saying that this dictator guy got prostate cancer, said, WTF, study this, because I'm pissed that I got this. Our whole culture. And so he was like, yeah, like study all of my country. Mm -hmm. He sent out 600 million, 600,000. 650,000 researchers. 650,000 people. 1973 to 75. 70, okay, so he got it and then like 15 years later he was like, we're going to study this. No, the 50s thing was wrong. God damn it. Totally you got to be on this, man. No, Anyways. it all happened in the 70s. He died right after, so he didn't oh. get to see any of the results of okay. this. Okay, all right. So, so Kim Jong-un, the first, <laughs> Stop. Hold on. got Stop. prostate Stop. cancer. Do he got prostate cancer. I'd like to take this moment just to apologize <laughs> to all of our Asian American and Asian national listeners at this time. We don't have uh, any of those yet. I'm sure cool there are some did. out there. And uh, yes, that's, uh, that's okay. appropriate. And we shall continue. So he was like, I want to do this study. He sent out these people to do the study. He died immediately after. He did not see the results. 
the results, um, it was all nutrition-based, what you're eating, what you're dying from, yes. right? Yes, and the China study is still underway. Okay, but so then since the 70s, me, we've on, had researchers. Out. Tell me what Dr. Asselstein and Dr. Campbell, how do they, they, how do they get into the China study? Okay, so that's where we can start. So you've been talking about them, yeah, but like, what's their so deal? So Dr. Campbell um, is an American scientist who was sent to um, Asia to study why kids were getting um, prostate cancer and uh, liver cancer at a high rate. Kids? Kids, kids. get prostate cancer? Kids, no. Prostate cancer. <laughs> so this was kind of weird. Wait, yeah. isn't um, prostate like your butthole? I is guess, it? yeah. It uh, is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, sort um, of. But anyways, what it what it traced well, back hold to? Hold on, no, well, you, you, you can't just gloss <laughs> over that. The woman is naturally curious as to I am. exactly Do I have a prostate? what the male prostate is, and um, I don't know. Do I'm I have a, a prostate? I'm not a doctor. Uh, I don't believe so. I believe prostate cancer. I am. Cancer, I have an honorary degree. No, you don't. But I, I believe prostate cancer is something only men experience, and uh, I, I don't know the specifics. But I can tell you. So girls don't get prostate cancer. I don't think so. I mean, I, I because I've never heard of a, a woman coming back and saying, "Man, that prostate exam really sucks." <laughs> and uh, I am a, I'm 38 years old. Uh, I have had three prostate, prostate exams? exams in my life. Can you yes. walk me through that? Oh boy. Okay. You have? Yeah, I've had. Uh, see, I've had two. How old are you? Uh, 36. Like 75. Okay, so I'm 38. You're 36. You've had two. I've had three. I've had zero. Anyone that knows on the topic knows that the fact that Jimmy and I have had a total combined in our 30s is incredibly (laughs) rare. And I assure you, at least on my end, it it wasn't something I was just doing for enjoyment. It was uh, taking kids to... You didn't like it? Not even a little? No. Like, what if you were in prison? (laughs) That's all bad. So... We have an opportunity every year. I coach football, and we get to take our student-athletes to get free sports physicals at OSU East. And while that is going on, they offer a free community health fair where they get free screenings. And sometimes some coaches and I go ahead and take advantage of those free screenings, and that's where I've gotten two of my three prostate exams. And my third one just came about because I had to get a uroscopy. Those are terrible. Oh, you have no idea. I do know. I had one. It was awful. Terrible. So anyways, prostate exam. Uh, you drop trowel, drop, your trousers. drop your trousers, and you bend over the uh, the doctor's um, bed or whatever. Right, like the table. Yeah, the table. And then the uh, the doctor puts on the rubber gloves and uh, lubes up the fingers and says something like, you're going to experience a little bit of pressure, which is the understatement of the year. Pressure is... And then they stick your their fingers in your butt. And um, makes they, you feel like you have to pee, right? Yeah, because they push really hard, and the prostate pushes up against your bladder, so you're worried that you're about to piss yourself. And they just basically examine the size of your prostate, and if it's enlarged, then that could be uh, that is that's I think, a, a sign problem. That you could have prostate cancer. So that's pretty much the exam. It's incredibly uncomfortable. Can I tell you what my doctor told me? What he said: pull your pants down, turn around, put your elbows on the table like you're waiting for the bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! And I was like 20, what? 22 or something. What does that mean? Like who? Wow. Okay. Uh, I've never. I'm not much of a public I, transportation user, but I can. No. Well, they talk about bedside manner, and okay. I don't think this guy Doctors had it. Doctors are insane. Yeah. That's really funny because one time a girlfriend of mine came back from going to the gyno, 
And she was like younger and we were like, oh, doesn't that suck? And she was like, yeah, but like they did everything that you normally do, you know, like they examine you and then they stick a finger in your butt. And we were like, no, (laughs) that doesn't happen. Like, honest to God, no gyno sticks a finger in your butt. All right. Let me bring this back to her. So she got got, 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 got butt fingers. Do you have a good understanding of a prostate? I got it. Okay. All right. Listen to this. Kids are getting it in China. No, we're jumping track here um dr campbell there's a few things that led him towards this plant-based you know whole foods diet um but one of the one of the studies that i wanted to mention that he came across which was stunning was in 1958 japan just kind of shocking too had half the population of the u.s okay we only had twice as many people as japan in 1958 japan's tiny japan's tiny yeah so keep that in mind when you hear these numbers in japan Prostate cancer deaths. Mm-hmm. I, I'd make you guess, but you'd never even come close. No, I don't like that game. Eighteen. Eighteen. Eighteen total prostate in cancer all deaths of in Japan. 1958. Wow. In the U.S. In 19, hold on. In 1958, eighteen people died of prostate cancer. In, in Japan. what year? 1958. I, I, I like just said that. And we were already, we were in America already into our Western diet. Okay. In America, okay. 14,000 prostate deaths, which wow. today that's pretty low. Yeah. But I don't know what the Do percentage, have- 18 to 14,000. Right. But it's not double. Right. <laughs> that would be what, 36. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> someone's good but at math. 14,000 compared to 18. So clearly something different is going on between these two cultures. Right. Um, Do you have updated statistics? Like, is that been a running study? Like, how right. many prostate deaths? In America well, yes, today? that's what the that's what the China study is. Okay. It it so I give mean, me some updated. So it's track. not up, yeah. it's, They're not keeping track up to date today, but today in America they are um, prostate cancer. You, it's almost impossible to deny it's it's like connection to it's what you put it's in your body it's cigarettes to lung cancer. Is dairy to prostate cancer? Oh. Okay, oh, uh, and that's good. that's almost good. undeniable. I like that. It's not almost; it is undeniable. It's just our government hasn't made the milk company put that on their label yet. Okay, um, and they should, but we can talk about the reasons why they haven't yet. But that's that's for a different day. Well, um, so there's a couple Jenna other Bush things. Bush Hager becomes president. The other big thing. Um, oh, another big one. So he didn't even hear that. Asians yeah. are, you know, they don't consume dairy. Oh, um, so they don't need dairy. Okay. So they're mostly lactose intolerant. The Japanese and the Chinese. Um, that's why these numbers are coming up because they're not they're not involved in the dairy. Um, but one other insane thing that wait, um, wait, 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 wait. If they're not involved in dairy, why did? Okay, wait. No, only eighteen. Eighteen, literally eighteen okay. people. All right, all right, all right. You <laughs> then, go. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that and that's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. A culture that's consuming dairy has 14,000 deaths in prostate cancer, and one that's not has 18 deaths. Okay. It's a pretty big difference. Is it dairy so or is it meat? There's no other difference. No, it's dairy. The dairy is the, is the meat, prostate right? thing. Yeah. Yeah, they're eating meat, but okay. not in large numbers. Um, the, the, so the, Asians eat the meat. Asian cultures eat meat, but they, they'll take like one piece of meat. And season? No, they'll cut it up into like... Fifteen pieces. Yeah, they'll use it as a season. Right. Well, right. Yeah. It's, it's a flavor thing. That probably right. speaks larger just to the clash of culture. America is all about excess, you know, exism. Right. Ex- is that what I'm saying? Right? Exism. Well, yeah. And we we, we became more comfortable in excess. 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 Yeah. Especially excess. in the fifties and sixties. And and mo- most Asian cultures, I mean, there's a lot of more minimalist. In, yeah. In there, so that well, makes sense. Another study that I do not have statistics for. 
Um, but um, when Asians started coming to Hawaii and those that culture of Asians and Filipinos and Chinese and Japanese all just got fatter and sicker, like mm. immediately. Mm. And this is when mm. Hawaii mm. was popping up with the American diet, Burger Kings, McDonald's, Wendy's, not Wendy's, but in the 60s, the earlier mm. 70s, the earlier fast food right. chains, um, you see a dramatic change. So it's not that they were just born thin and healthy, no. and no. that's just in their and blood. If, it's if it's their could, diet. It's a diet change. If we could give a takeaway, genetics is not something that you can just rely on to make you thin or fat. No. Like, I feel like people are like, oh, it's genes. I'm just, I'm skinny because of my genes, or I'm fat because of my genes. No. Or I have I'm, some or like, Or I'm, I get heart disease because of my genes. Pump the brakes there a little bit, just, just a tad. Let's talk about it. Okay, um, I, I, I disagree. Um, but I, I agree in the sense that it is not as widespread as people would like to believe. But I do believe that there are some people that do have genetic disposition to being obese. Predispositions? Predispositions. I, well, I, I do believe scientifically that's a thing, and some people do suffer from that. But I also believe that many people in America use that as an excuse because they live in excess. Yes. Yeah. Well, I could say that um, as you might be predisposed to something, or pre, I don't know what that word is, but uh, it doesn't mean that, you have to live that lifestyle, though. Correct. Yeah. You know, well, like if you that... live a healthy lifestyle, like uh, all, like mm, okay. Uh, if I wanted to be fat, it would be real easy. It's in my blood. It could yeah. happen in a heartbeat. Well, a lot of like, I have a lot of family of in your family. Yeah, I have a lot of family members who are very overweight, um, and I'm not, um, and it's because I don't eat. One thing that right, came because up I eat in the a China different diet, a different diet. Yeah, I'm sorry, we're getting off track. You back no, to the no, China this, study. this is on track. In the China study was maybe not just obesity, but um, actual disease. A lot of people just think like, oh, I'm predisposed to having heart disease or cancer. Right. Nothing I can do about it. Um, but you genetically, they're finding that we are predisposed to some of these things. Mm-hmm. But, what, but you can change but it. But diet turns it on or off. Uh, so the and they they the have activity. they have they can turn it on or off. So you might be pre disposed to obesity or heart disease or cancer, but nutrition turns those clocks on and off. Our next episode is going to be about phytochemicals. Oh, goodness. And I'm going to talk about it because I love phytochemicals. Uh, Sorry, Kat, what were you going to say? So you're saying then that the China study was a study over a certain amount of years over a large group of people just asking the questions, why did these people die? No, we haven't even really got to what the China study is. That was a study that happened in China. Okay. And then later on... um, What? Later on? Later on in the 80s... Doctors looked at the China study. Yeah, so so nutritionists... At Cornell, so I'm getting to that. So I'm still talking about Campbell. So right. this Keep is what this, this is what led Campbell, who is a a Cornell professor, mm-hmm. scientist, to kind of get ostracized from the scientific community because he was sent to kind of show how we could help world hunger and things like that through um, maybe casein and trying to find the most efficient way to give people nutrition. Right. And dairy seems to fulfill that role. Right. But he, so started, he, to, he started to see that some shit was going down. That and he was like, it's not actually doing the benefit he, I thought it was. Yeah, so he kind of had to walk away from this. But um, one other study, so I talked 
I didn't even get to the rats yet, but I'll get to the rats because that was we done the the near we're, all three of us are history teachers. Um, the Nazi thing. So okay. <laughs> apparently, when the when the German soldiers, the Nazis, came in to take over, um, the first thing that they did was seize the cattle and the crops, mm-hmm. or not the crops, the cattle essentially, because to feed all these soldiers. Um, they they needed some, some sustenance, stuff. yeah. Right. So in Norway, so they took all those Nazis in Norway when they study. Do you think they killed the like the beef cows because those are brown? Well, they ate them. I don't know. I, don't yeah, know. I bet they kill, I bet they were like. I didn't get mm, that deep into it, but if you if those. you look at the the deaths in Norway and heart disease and cancer and diabetes in Norway throughout, and they they do have records for all this, but throughout um, World War Two, there's. A, when the Nazis came in and took, took away, all the, yeah, every, all all the Norwegians mm-hmm. had to rely cons- on something else. Plants, plants, and there was this dramatic dip in death from heart disease and cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when World War II ended, it went right back to where it was before the Nazis came in. And so that's a, that's just a weird one. So there's Did some they of the die things that like though? the Campbell was coming across in. <laughs> You know, well, or like they died of something. We all died like, of something. It was like less dying of heart disease, more dying of gas chambers. Oh my god! You know? no. Like, but not is not accurate. I'm not just being Norway. accurate. <laughs> they, they, they didn't bring the gas chambers with <laughs> like them. Like a, ro- like a, like a okay. rolling gas so, chamber. So okay. that was one of many so the studies. China study, Jimmy. The China that was study. one of many studies that made Campbell interested accurate. in diet and nutrition when it came to heart disease, and so. The China study, what it really is, is it's this giant study where um, Cornell University, with the help of Dr. Campbell, um, Oxford University, and then like an Asian Institute for Nutrition or a major Asian um, university came together and started studying the what was learned from okay. this Study that happened in the seventies. Right. These eight hundred million people. So we're gonna have a, like so, at least so, a like dumb out. So they they like took, a second. And give me ten more seconds. They took that information that was gathered from Asia, and went back into these counties and and studied some it more. And oh, asked questions I about. I never knew. We found out that you guys die a ton of heart disease. Okay. What are you eating? Okay. Mm. That makes. Does that sense. make sense? I got it. And they only went into rural areas where. Most of the population had been there for Forever. decades and decades okay. and decades. So they weren't going into urban areas where people come and no. go and they're from different cultures. They went into places where there hasn't been a demographic change in 50, 60 years. I get it. Do you feeling me? I, yeah. Okay, so there was a study. It's still happening. Guy, They're still We're doing there. it. This I'm guy there. got prostate cancer. We're He's there. mad. <laughs> he did a study in his own country. And basically, the bottom line is these studies are talking about. The diseases that kill people, and is there a correlation to the food that their culture eats? Yes. yes. The end. Okay. Good job. We're there. Woo. Done. End of okay. podcast. So then to bring Wait a minute, no. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> the beginning. <laughs> the beginning of the podcast. I'm going to bring it back to America. Oh, the one other one that is fascinating, and it's rats. Um, but they use a lot of rats to... Uh, apparently rats have some similar DNA structure. To us? But to us, um, not like... Very similar, but they can kind of react to things the way that we react to. So mm-hmm. they use them in a lot of studies, right. um, especially like, nutritional health okay. studies. Right. So but something that 
uh, Campbell came across, which he reenacted um, and did himself. A study? Yeah, which, and this is fascinating on a, I guess, I don't know, the reason they use rats apparently is because they are like, a, I guess, a microcosm of us. You can okay. have things happen quicker in a rat, right. um, but also simulate. And if you're anti-vegan, you'd be like, no, that's bullshit. But you'd, you'd justify it for anything else that we use rats to study for. Um, Not a big fan of Ironically, animal. I'm about to justify a vegan concept by talking about studying rats. Right, so, yes. so some irony there. I'm not an animal guy. Um, so the study he came across and then reenacted. So they have these rats. They give them, um, oh, what was it? Cancer? A, yes. Um, they gave them. Uh, like, what's the general think, term Aflotoxin. Oh, okay, like a carcinogen. Carcinogen that causes cancer. So they gave these rats. So Dr. Dr. Afselstein was like, hey, China study, that looks interesting. Let's uh, let's figure out some other stuff. Before he got to the China study, before before the China study happened, he had read this article about this study. Okay. And then later on, recently, he simulated it because he wanted to make sure that okay. this was an accurate study. So he saw the China study again. and he was like, and this, that's interesting. I'm not a scientist, Let's but this, is, this is kind of shocking science because it has 100%. He had 100% um, success. Retest, retesting? retest, yeah. Right. And What's that called when you retest? Retesting. No, <laughs> it's like, a, you know, like. It's been like done over and over and over again. Repetition. Repetition. Yeah, is that what it's called? I think think so. Repeat. Like he keeps redoing and he gets the same. That's what makes a study like legitimate, right? It's like when you do it over and over. Another word you're looking for. Yeah. I don't have it either. Brain fart. Um, So, anyways, these these rats, um, they were given um, a certain amount of. A carcinogen. No. Well, yeah, to cause the cancer. Right. Um, And then they were given um, casein. Yep, that's Which, from dairy. Yes, but they thought they were really just testing protein. They weren't doing this on purpose, giving them animal protein. They were just testing, like, how can protein help or hurt this cancer? Okay. Um, so they were given so they a they went 20- in. Do you think they went in with the idea that, uh, with the conclusions that they got? No, Campbell did. But the original one he studied, this is when he was, he was coming off a dairy farm he was out in Asia trying to advocate that you should be eating protein from animals. Animal protein could is save the, the world, yeah, right? Especially um, dairy, he was like, because because dairy is easy to you can you know you can right. dehydrate it and powder it and like it seems like a very efficient, amazing way to yeah. to feed the world. Breast milk from a cow. So they gave him twenty percent casein diet, and the tumor growth grew. Grew. Then they tried a 5%, thinking that if we give them less protein, is this going to hurt or help it? Mm-hmm. And it shrunk. Um, so they were turning it off and on with protein. And they were, All like, right. they were like, oh, shit. So protein actually is causing the tumor growth. It's cancer. Um, in these rats. Kat, how and do you feel about that? How do I feel about protein causing cancer? Well, did you hear? I don't know if you heard. Oh, please repeat. I will. Well, I, I dumbed things down. I'm not done yet, though. Okay. So in the original study, they were there were different sections of rats. So some were on a twenty percent. They had the aflatoxin. They had the tumor, and then some were on the five percent, and the tumor went away. Um, but what Campbell did is he took the same rats and did three or four weeks of five percent, 
switched them to the 20%, and then switched them back to the 5%, and switched them back to the 20%. He went back and forth with the same rats. Yeah. He was turning cancer on and turning cancer off with the same rats consistently, 100% of them. He didn't have one rat that this didn't work for. It worked for 100%. It was, and also the original study worked for 100%. And they sit, and he says, as a scientist, and he's not Pretty just reputable. a scientist. I mean, he's... Yeah, he's like a legit guy. Insanely legit scientist. Um, he's I'd a, like to meet him. He's one of the most distinguished nutritional biochemists that we've ever had what in America. What is his age? Uh, now 102. he's... Yeah, 79. So. He's still walking the earth. Yeah, he's, I, I would guess, 80s, but if you see him... But he is alive. Oh, he's yeah. alive? Alive Let's and well and thin and talking. Let's meet him. I don't see him going anywhere. If this motherfucker dies of heart disease, <gasps> I'm screwed. Yeah, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Well, by no, 79? No. No. <laughs> no. Your vegan no? world crumble around you. No, you're you not going to die. die of heart disease. There isn't heart disease outside of animal protein. There, okay. there, and I wholeheartedly believe from? this. What do we die from? Um, Hit by a bus. Uh, no, a lot of things. Uh, Stress, okay. anxiety. Well, uh, heart Stress. disease in a broad term, though. Like, <laughs> no, like, well, I'm not dying of heart disease. You could. No, mm. no, 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 no. You mark my okay. words. Wait, listen. <laughs> I'm not dying of heart we're gonna disease. We're going to go. We're going to kind of take a left turn real quick here. <laughs> but is my is understanding. Young, 30 minutes. Is my understanding um, is in the way the heart works is that, you know, there is, there's two types of heart disease, I would say. There's the heart disease that is put on by not taking care of your body well, eating a lot of animal fats, smoking, drinking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's just. Some type of electrical problems. <laughs> <laughs> it's like crack that beer. was awesome timing. <laughs> Eating animal fats, smoking, well, drinking. <laughs> no, the, no, but you're on the right electrical right. problems. Yeah, but but there's still the there's still other health problems that can be had with the heart that is not connected specifically to mm. your diet. No, that's true. This, no, this is no, a perfect. Wait. This is a perfect segue, actually. Wait, wait, wait. No, I can I can take that one. Um. If you're born with a malfunction of your heart, meaning that something did not develop as it was supposed to in your heart, yeah, you're gonna have heart. You're gonna have heart but, problems. But there's also developed hearts that sometimes have electrical problems. What like, does that mean, like electrical problems? Um, like AFib. Okay. Heart was, murmur, like stuff like that. Like uh, people, yeah, like your heart, yeah, not, like, not like people, a blockage. People, yeah, people, yeah, people that develop yes. heart murmurs or have but AFib if your or something beat, like that. Yeah, like if your heart's like, beating, not, and AFib is like your heart's beating an irregular, irregular rhythm. Right. But that, that's not going to cause you to have a heart attack, or it's not. Oh, it's, no, 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 you. It's not going to cause it to stop working. Yes, yes, it will. How? Well, this is this, is, this is where how? it gets. Hold on, how? Okay, and uh, that's a good question. Coincidentally, I just had to do some training for my coaching career on this. But there, see, what we're talking about with the connection between nutrition and heart disease is very, very viable, and it's wiping out millions of people every day, and that's true. But there is another side of heart disease with like sudden cardiac death, mm-hmm. that stuff, where you, and, and unfortunately, you're seeing it more and more able bodied young athletes that overexert themselves yeah. and they drop dead. And these are, these are people, and sometimes, sometimes, there are connections there to certain energy drinks and, and other things that are putting in their body. But sometimes it is, I, I guess I would say, a genetic thing where something is kind of lurking, uh, you know, under their physiology that they don't know about until they hit at a certain exertion level and trigger it. Well, and- I, I would say, so 
25% of cardiac disease deaths are undetected. Correct. 25% of people who die from a heart attack. Had no idea. There was no doctor. There was no... a massive heart attack. Drop dead. Wait a minute. Let's look at this real quick. So that 25% of drop dead, though, there, it just happened. Like there was no a, there was no symptoms leading up to. They just they dropped out of heart attack. Yeah, well, but they, I would also there was no symptoms like like they didn't get hard. Well, not like that. We but there was like, symptoms. I'm there was no about a there, penis. there was no blood flow symptoms. Right, and, and there I, was symptoms from my perspective. Right, but, <laughs> but not I, as a doctor. I guess this, but this is what I'm. I'm There's saying. no blockage when someone. And typically, we're talking about Americans, unfortunately. In Western civilization, people don't take care of their bodies. But, yeah, that 25% is American. Right. But when you see that happening, when when an able-bodied man or woman just drops out of a heart attack, and if it's not some type of hidden genetic thing that they didn't know about, a lot of times I would say that you're dealing with an individual that appears to be healthy. Right. Yeah, that is not obese, that you know maybe even drinks casually, is not an alcoholic, does all these things, but because they have a steady diet of X, Y, and Z that may not be good for them... They're developing things, true heart disease, the death of tissue within their, their heart, and they die. But I think one commonality you find there, and help me if I'm wrong, but these people are also people that aren't going to the doctor. They're not actually getting blood work done once a year, once every six months. Oh, yeah, like especially if they're younger. Right. Yeah, but yeah. you also um, but don't go to the doctor. Doctors don't check stuff if they don't uh, suspect something. So you could go and, get a physical and no one's going to check certain things if they don't suspect anything. Especially if you're under 30 anything. or 40. Well, yeah, but the average American that actually goes to their doctor every year to get a physical. Yeah, and I when guess I, what I, And when I mean small, physical, I don't mean like drop your pants and turn right. your head Yeah. Off. I mean like mean actually like drawing blood and like breaking down your blood, looking at your triglycerides, cholesterol, well, etc. This leads me to the second half of the China study. Okay. Um, Dr. Esselstein, who comes from the Cleveland Clinic, we're Ohioans all here. Um, we're all from you've you've been there recently. I have. Um, yes. The Cleveland Clinic is a very well known hospital across the country, so anyone in America has heard of it. Um, Dr. Esselstein was one of the leading heart surgeons there, and so he got people up. He a lot. Okay. And he's the expert on stints and uh, bypass. Bypass, I've learned a lot about. Is yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, Can we talk about that? They Do you take know a stint? Piece. I'll explain it. Like okay. stint. First of all, stint is like a little coil. They put it in your artery, your like your blood valve, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it keeps it open so that because a heart attack is basically like one of those valve shuts, and you don't get blood to your heart, and then your heart like seizes up right. and stops working. So a stint keeps your little artery open, like on a like a very 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 tiny little level, keeps it open, <laughs> and the blood keeps flowing. And then a, um, what else did you say? Uh, bypass. A bypass. bypass. A bypass. Half a million Americans are getting a bypass this insane. year. Insane. That's insane. But a bypass is like a bypass like on a freeway or something. You take an artery and you bypass where you would have a clogged artery. Right? Yeah, like if my brake go line got clogged, around. I could just cut a brake line somewhere else and go around, go around it. it. And then also when we're on the subject, a pacemaker, if you don't know what that is, Pacemaker is like a like a battery powered kind of machine that you stick in your body that if by chance your heart stops working, it will keep it in tune and it'll keep it'll it working. Shock. Yeah, it'll it's like a yeah, like it'll just make sure that your body's gonna your heart's gonna keep working. Heart so, the heart has to work. Well the thing that we were just talking about, people just vital. dropping dead randomly that are healthy, athletic, 
things like that. Um, it's hard to tie that to anything, but th these are generally people that have grown up with a standard American diet. Right. So you could have a six pack abs. You could have giant. You know, and your ripped body. Yeah. And but your if heart you're, would be fucking yeah, if your arteries are, and, life. And, and you probably wouldn't have a looked at because right. you're so healthy. Right. Yeah, or you quote, look healthy. healthy. Right. Yeah. Your arteries are clogged. Which, you're done. Which again, it's that's why it's very important. People need to go to the doctor once a year. You need to have blood drawn. You need to oh. get everything looked at. Because For sure. You could have a six pack and look like a runway model, but if your blood work comes back terrible. And then, you, well, maybe I shouldn't eat three yeah, cheeseburgers a day. Yeah, I was 26. How am I? How am I? I'm 36 now. So, yeah, I was 26 when 72. I started teaching at West High School where mm -hmm. we all three of us teach. And uh, the first year I had to take a, a physical to drive a van. I also was a coach. And <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Okay, just a quick side note, though. When we mean physical, we mean get blood drawn and get a blood yeah. and everything. Yeah. Uh, for those in listening land, our physical for van certification <laughs> uh, is a little bit less rigorous. There's actually a box that needs to be checked that says, does the patient have both arms and both Yes. <laughs> well, I went, to, I went to my doctor and they were like, well, you're covered for a full physical every right. year of everything. Do you want to do everything? And I was like, what is everything? And they were like, blood work. We'll look at everything. And I was like, yeah, why not? It's, it's covered. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they were like, just fast. And I didn't. And then... And I was 26, and I came back, and I was, in my opinion, in in really good shape. I came back with dangerous levels of cholesterol. What? Did when I was tell this? You this? Oh my god! In my when I was like 26, 27, the first what? the first physical I ever had, and so they were like, "You're gonna have to come back every um, quarter, and we'll do tests again." And I was. Kind of baffled by it. I was like, that had to be. What was your you know, diet at the time? What was uh, your cholesterol? What was the numbers? I don't know. I have no idea, even what they are now. Um, obviously, when was the last time you got a physical? Oh, we do the biometric screening every year. Yeah, we're not even. We don't even register. We're so fucking healthy. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I. Wait, can you go back to what did you do? What What happened with the physical? Um, well, my diet was. It wasn't great. I wasn't in great Is this shape. When you were chubby. It was, it was a little chubby when, when you I were first 200? moved to Ohio. You were I was, too, shut your He mouth. was 200. He you was 200. 200. I started at West yeah. High. It was, it was 198. Really? Yeah. I, I need to see pictures. I, I maybe stepped, I maybe stepped on 200 too. And I looked fatter too because I shaved my face. For some yeah. reason, my face is really large. <laughs> Did yeah. you have black hair or was it still salt and pepper? No, it was, it was blacker then. Oh, wow. wow. I need um, to see pictures. Hey. I need to see pictures of chubby Jimmy. Out there. But anyways, don't shave your head. It doesn't matter. Don't shave your head. Doesn't matter you what you think you are. No, no. I, I always shave my head too. You would. Um, no, I used to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I shave my face too because I was worried about being professional. <laughs> Another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as a teacher, anyways, the point here being, I was not healthy, and I thought I was, mm. and I was in my twenties. Like this starts that. in your teens. Don't gloss it over. I need to. I need to. Dig down deep here. What were you putting in your body at 26 yeah. years old? What were you? 26 the, years the old. The traditional American diet. I was raised on mac and cheese and white bread and tuna fish sandwiches. Mm -hmm. and um, You came to West. When I, when I moved in, to Ohio, it was you in my 20s. In, you drove in on your little BMW. Not little. Your your BMW motorcycle. It was very I little, used, actually. I used to follow behind you, and I'd be like, oh, that's Mr. Murray. Ha, ha, ha. Like going uh, to school. I mean, it wasn't what were you, you terrible. Had, you had a lunch. What was it? It was yeah. it was mostly meat. 
Because I was convinced... Well, maybe not at that point. No, at that point, I was not convinced that... How much fast food were you eating back then? None. None? None? Yeah, you're not a fast food eater. And, and, uh, like, mid-college, I realized, like, this is bad. Wow. It just didn't make me feel good. I was eating none. Um, But, no, it was... was, I want you to keep going here, because I'm going to take the baton. High dairy. Okay. High dairy. A lot of milk, a lot of eggs. Like... I was the kind of guy that would drink a glass of milk. Okay. Yeah. Like several a day. Whole milk, two percent. I loved it. Now I was a two. I was a. I was a skim guy. Okay. And then I went to one percent like for a little like while. Says a lot about you. You know. I like, loved oh, it. Glass of I milk. used to. Bre- I used to see like you the milk challenge mom? on YouTube where people would say like <laughs> you can't drink a gallon of milk, and, and I'd be like, I could. Do- I did it. I could drink a gallon of milk in one sitting. That's gross. That's I loved milk. Disgusting. Um And I love cheese. And I love cream cheese. And I loved... Um, Curdled cheese. Macaroni and cheese. I was a big dairy guy. I was obsessed okay. with it. Like, and, then, and then when I like had a real job and had a decent income, I was buying like really fancy cheeses. Like the shit that was like really expensive. Like I felt like I was like <laughs> luxury cheeses. That's yeah. so bougie. Swiss. That's so bougie. <laughs> can you hand me my wine? Sorry. Cat, uh, can you anyways. please give the commentary on what you were going to say? Oh, yeah. So, so I listened to that, and it just makes me think of my life a little bit. So um, uh, for those out in the podcast world, uh, I am uh, not a vegan. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. That was, that's the big twist of the show right there. I'm not a vegan, but I am open to veganism. I also think veganism is really cool. Um uh, there have been several times, as recent as an hour ago or so, uh, where Lisa treated you me. You ate some of my food. It's delicious. Or Lisa beat your meat. It. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've only ever eaten one vegan thing that wanted to make me throw up. Ever. What was it? Satan. Yeah. Uh, Satan's hard. Satan. Yeah. <laughs> it literally tastes like monkey brains. It, whatever monkey brains taste like from it's Indiana hard. Jones, that's bad. But outside of we used to Satan. Monkey brains aren't vegan, though. We used to I be know. obsessed with Satan. <laughs> outside of the texture of Satan, um, I, and I love Satan. I don't love Satan. I hate Satan, but Satan. Um, sorry. Uh, aside from that, everything that I've ever eaten that Lisa's made has been amazingly delicious. Yeah. One of my favorite foods right now probably is the um, buffalo cauliflower. <gasps> oh, I should make that soon. It's amazing. But anyway, um, so I, I'm not a vegan. Then. I'm an uh, Italian-American. Growing up, uh, typical Sundays at my grandmother's house is absorbent amounts of pasta and spaghetti. I'm sorry, pasta and meatballs and sausage. And, and I've always been a big eater. Um, so I... When I moved on to Columbus, I first started working at South High School before I met these two wonderful people, <laughs> and um, I was living in this little suburb called Bexley. Yep. And in Love my Bexley. edge of Bexley and Berwick, I lived right down the street from Taco Bell, McDonald's, Rally's, White Castle. Well, let's head down on places. Taco Bell because Taco Bell is my shit. Yeah, I, I, I love. Taco I've heard Bell. good things about them recently. But, but yes, fast food so in general. I digress. Um, so I was eating a lot of fast food my first five years in Columbus, and I ballooned up to about three hundred and thirty pounds. And I was still getting yearly physicals, and when I would go get my physical and get my blood work done, miraculously, genetically, um, I even remember one time the doctor said, this is bizarre, I weigh 150 pounds less than you, and you are healthier than I am. Interesting. So typically... So you got some good genes. I have some good genes, but I I have to really agree with Jimmy, because good genes don't last. And on the diet I was on, I'm sure... Um, I would have, like Jimmy said before, like activated some things in me that would have taken a giant turn for the worse. And in some way it did. So five years living in Columbus, I get all the way up to 330 pounds eating poop 
Um, poop. Poop. I mean, literally poop. I think about the stuff that I used to put in my body five years ago, and it just mesmerizes me. A Donato's pizza and a whole thing of Kraft macaroni and cheese was like at least a, every other day. Thing. I used to brag that if if one of my macaroni and cheese noodles got out of the strainer in the sink, that I would go after it because I had to eat that whole right. box. Right. So I got pretty big. My blood work was still coming back pretty good. My HDL cholesterol was a little bit off, and it still is to this day. That's something I need to battle. But anyway. Um, so you're a and, healthy guy in the inside. Well, sort of. But but anyways, going back to what we're talking about, how food affects your body in different ways. Um, five years ago, I'm working at a school. I was pretty unhappy at the time. I was kind of in and out of a not-so-great relationship. Uh, the school I was working at the time was incredibly stressful. Uh, I was coaching football and wrestling. And anyways, one day I was sitting in my classroom giving a quiz, and I was really angry. I had not eaten, skipped breakfast, just started pounding some barbecue chips, and I got a huge heart palpitation. And what? all of a sudden my heart just started racing, and I thought I was having a heart attack. I walked down to the nurse's office. She took my pulse. Uh, my blood pressure was through the roof. They called the squad. I got taken to Grant Medical and that's I, terrifying. Oh, it was it was horrific. I didn't um, know this. Yeah, that happened. Turns out all these studies happen. I end up being in the hospital in two days. They put me in the cardiac unit, uh, and it was an anxiety attack. And <gasps> I ended up having to sit down with a nutritionist and doctor. And basically, it was yes, my blood work's coming back good, but because of the things I'm putting in my body, high caffeine, et cetera, et cetera, high aspartame, because uh, I was pounding Diet Coke limes like it was going out of style. I was um, my jam in college. Yeah, yeah. I love those. Yeah, my body just said enough is enough, and it was, and I'm really glad it happened because it definitely did change. Again, not a vegan. Appreciate veganism. Could definitely see one day in my life becoming a vegan. But, you know, talking about the China study and how what we put in our body, uh, you know, dictates sometimes our mortality, or just our living lifestyle, I definitely would say that, yeah, that's 100% believable and I'm living proof. Wow. wow. I didn't know that's that. That's true. scary. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. And, and and that's really where it all begins, I guess, is understanding that, I mean, you feel it. Yeah. You feel the difference. You feel that's, the difference. That's the biggest thing. I'm we, feeling the difference. We yeah. say this almost every podcast. You've been like, vegan for a couple of weeks now, right? Uh, spoiler alert, I did a little bit of reading before I came to the podcast. So I'm on a liquid diet right now. It's called OptiFit or OptiTrim. Opti-Fit? I can't remember. It's like a design <laughs> diet it, Yeah, for it's you? through my doctor, and I'm just trying to get over the hump um, of just losing a little bit more extra pounds. And there is some dairy in it, though. So oh, okay. I am consuming a little bit of dairy at this moment. But, but it's just, it's like shape. Well, that's a good transition. Yeah. Go for Great it. Great transition. Go. Okay, so Dr. Esselstein. Esselstein. Um... He is the heart surgeon from um, the Cleveland Clinic. Mm-hmm. He, in the 80s, and he ends up hooking up with this China study because he also, you know, comes across it through his studies and his understanding of heart disease. And um, he was kind of frustrated that he worked on breast cancer patients, cancer patients, but mostly heart patients, and realized that they're not doing anything to prevent this. They're not doing anything that's going to stop this or even reverse this. They're just treating it. And then he slowly saw that throughout the 80s and 90s turn into an industry. Um, and even Bill Maher has this old clip from like the 90s where he was saying like, we don't want you to die. We don't want you to be perfectly healthy. We want you somewhere in the middle. And that's the best for business. Um, But Dr. Esselstein, so he starts to think, and, you know, through the China study, through his studies, through all these things that he's coming across, that he can treat heart disease through diet. 
So he tries it. He asks for some patience. And he asks um, for... He ends the up with... The Cleveland Clinic? Yeah. He asks them. Yeah. He ends up with 24 patients. And um, this is in the China study, but uh, I guess I'll say it now. I was going to say it at the end, but... If you don't want to read the China study, it's really long. It's yeah. a big ass long book. If you're we'll not fascinated by this, you. then yeah, maybe my po- the, our podcast will do the job. Yeah. But also on Netflix, which everyone has apparently, and I wish I invested in this a while ago. Um, there's a documentary called Forks and Knives. Forks over knives. Over knives. Forks over don't knives. Don't you get it? Because it's forks. Yeah, because we don't need knives, knives. anymore. Um, but get it's it? it's duh. It's it's ninety minutes of the China study has. Everyone I've talked about in it, Esselstyn Campbell has all their patients. It has every detail and graphic you could ever imagine about the China study. Um, I just they should have just called it the China study documentary, but they didn't. It's called Forks Over Knives. No, it's uh, called Lisa Beats Your Meat, episode eleven. Lisa Meets Your (laughs) Beat. Yes, exactly. Lisa Leets Your Meat. Lisa Lisa Meets Your Beats. Just kidding. I said said Lisa Beats Your Meat. No, it was me. Hold on, here's the beat. Ready? So, in the 1980s, (laughs) Dr. Esselstyn decided to try... Oh, this goes back to what you were just saying, Uh Coach Cat. Yes. Um, He saw the benefits of this. So he took these 24 patients and tried to put them on a mostly plant-based diet. Mm. This is before vegan was a term, before plant-based diet was a term. Vegan was pre-plant-based. He was like, you're going to eat some fucking vegetables. Mm -hmm. But they also had a small amount of dairy. So this in 1985. Okay. Um, and as he's what going happened? through this, what he's happened? seeing tremendous results. What are those tremendous results? Um, so five people dropped out initially. Those fucking pussies. Which puts them <laughs> puts them at what? My math person. I don't know. Just kidding. Wait, what's the total number? I can <laughs> yeah. do the second. No, he's, he's, he's at nineteen people now. Okay, nineteen people. Um, and. 11 of these people. This is even with a tiny bit of dairy. So okay. we've, we've mentioned this a few times. Vegan's great. You right. don't have to be a hungy. Yeah. It's just way easier. It's way easier to, to say, I'm not going to eat that. Hundred, I said 100. If a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. If, you, if you're like, oh, to be vegan, that's way too hard. Uh, and yeah, I feel like you had those apprehensions because it's like, oh, I, I, could ne- I could never give up my pizza, whatever. Yeah. All right, that's cool. Be vegan five days a week and just go ham but on no, fucking but yeah, but cheese on the weekend. But you, no, you'll realize that Everybody's that won't happen. That's a good transi- That's a good transitional piece is that it, I get it that this idea is very difficult, but if this is very difficult for you and you can't actually handle yes. being a vegan... Do it for like a couple days and do it then for a couple days. But and like go fine, it's fine. Tell yourself, this tell is what I did. Yourself. This is what I did. Tell yourself you're gonna do this for two weeks, and then you're gonna have cheat days, mm-hmm. um, and you end up having it. And then after like two months, remember what my big plan was? You wanted chicken wings. And when was I gonna have it? Like the year anniversary. Year anniversary. I had the date picked out. My year anniversary of veganism. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to sit down and eat chicken wings. And I was like, yeah, the fuck and right you're going to have chicken wings. You, you, didn't, you didn't oppose it, but you've, no. you've always been in very my mind, sweet I there. Did. You were giving some side eye. No, in my she mind. She wasn't. I, she was like, yeah, yeah, you go, you go, you do. Well, because I mean, like, to be like, vegan, well, it was knew. like exciting. Maybe you knew that when that no, year came know. around, I was like, eh. I don't really want chicken wings. And you know what? You know why I didn't it for the first year? Why? Because I was like, 
Because I'm like, gonna be so I only so like chicken wings with blue pissed. cheese. And oh. dairy's disgusting. Yeah. So dairy became very disgusting to me the first year. But because once of, you figure out that the, it is breast milk, it's kind of a weird. The thought concept. of meat doesn't it still doesn't gross me out. Dairy does. But anyways, hold on. Hold okay. on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> it's breast milk. Let's talk. No, about no, 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 no. The breast milk, ink, whatever. I don't care about. Doesn't that. bother you. So the thought of dairy grosses you out, but the mm-hmm. thought of meat does not. No. That baffles me. Really? Yes. That. And, uh, that right there, because it throws me for a loop for a couple of reasons. And again, I'm not a vegan, but reasons of veganism that I've heard. Um, number one, so the brutality that comes with the cattle industry in no, gr- making a cow brutality is no part of my yeah, grossing not- out. He doesn't care. Mm-mm. No. Okay. No. Because right. that because I'll be honest with you, I have two very close friends, uh, DJ Weatherby Raven. Uh, yeah, they're uh, yeah. they're vegans. They are vegans, and I'm actually going to tag them in this podcast That's the so Ice they can get Man, the shout. Right? What, what up, homies? Like but if, every once wait, in a while. Wait, what's his name DJ. and her name? DJ. And Raven. And Raven. What's her last name? <laughs> uh, Weatherby. Give a good shout out. You know, we actually Raven like if, Morgan, like if you cut a piece of your arm off right now, put it on the table, and then Lisa squeeze some milk out of her boob into this cup. <laughs> and you put them side by side, I'd probably eat the piece of your arm first. Yeah, I think uh, so too. Sorry, okay. I, didn't to, I didn't mean to silence no. the table. No, I get it. I could edit I think that they, out. I think what, a, uh, <laughs> what an illustration. It's <laughs> <laughs> just been later. No, but. I think breast milk is way weirder than eating meat. First, because, first off, on. it's not the cow's boob. Like, it's the udder. Yeah, oh, the, that's so the their nipple. boob. That's their boobs. It's the that's nipple of their boob. Cow's Full disclosure: boob. I have a couple <laughs> very, very close friends that are dairy farmers, and um, I'm, I'm going. Do cows have other boobs? Well, I don't know. I, but no, anyway, I'm going to discuss boobs. this with them. I'm going to discuss with them, this with them. But um, uh, they'll but tell I've you been, that those are their boobs. I've been to the dairy farm and I've seen the animals get milked. And yeah, they look pretty freaking happy. No, I'm not worried. About, no, I'm not worried about their happiness. Yeah, because okay. there's there's a lot of she's dairy. happy too. Yeah, I don't want to drink her yeah. breast milk though. <laughs> right, there's and I don't want her to ferment it into cheese and put it on my sandwich right. either. But she's super happy. There's a lot of there's a lot of dairy. Farms out there that produce um, that don't harm their animals, and they, they treat let, them very let me, well. Let me be We've talked about this before, though. Let me be devil's advocate, I, and I'm sorry. I, no, it's fine. I, I just have to ask questions, I guess. So, with the milk, you're grossed out by it because it's a bodily fluid. No, it's not even that. So, it's a feeling. Okay. It's so we've t- so we had a couple episodes on on dairy, but not to get back into that it is uh it's an addiction it's a thing that attaches to yeah, things it's in your brain because that you're addicted to you're supposed to start eating it to so get bigger as a child I could like ac- a baby eats it to get bigger yeah so it's okay. on purpose is addictive um but it's kind of like cigarettes um or maybe even beer my first beer i didn't like cigarettes oh, i loved um, it Really? Your first beer. Oh, Your first beer. Down like right. My uncle right. Don well, gave me. Hold on, hold on. My uncle Don gave me a swig of the champagne of beers mm. when I was a young child, and I, I remember I was I was terrified. I was no. like, oh, I mean, give me that crazy face. Um, but you, how old were you? Well, no one would tell. No one would like, say that a cigarette like tasted 11. good, right? <laughs> no one. No one would say their first cigarette tasted good, right? Nah, I don't I, know. It, it tasted like I'm freedom, not, man. Have you ever no, tried one? Even a um, puff no, of a cigarette? No. I, I've, I have family history of death of lung cancer, so okay. it's, it's well, probably the grossest thing. Well, there's there's no... I don't think oh. there's anyone that advocate the first cigarette they smoke tastes good. So I'm just going to try to try this back to that. 
I smoked for 10 years. Do you when have you, a cigarette? When you can quit I for have a while, cigarette? Do we have some, one? Some hidden no, in the garage. No, I can't. Um, so terrible. good. Um, when you smoke a cigarette after, or for the first time, it's disgusting. If you haven't smoked one in a long time, it's mm-hmm. disgusting. But if you're a addicted cigarette smoker. If you're smoker, looking to get back it's, into it's, smoking it's six. It's amazing. They're so good when you're into them or addicted to them. <laughs> And that's what cheese is. That's what yeah. dairy is. So, so I'm telling you, if you went a month without dairy. If you went three and then days sm- without dairy. Geez, no, not three days. Not three days. No, it no, is three days. I've experienced. Okay, well, physically it's three days. Three days. It. No, Maybe it's like a month it. mentally. If you went a month without, without any dairy and then smelled a piece of cheese, your body would say, do yeah. not put that shit into my body. Really? Yeah, yes. I'm telling you. And I had no idea. And I always said, like everyone else says, since the title of an earlier podcast is I can never stop eating cheese. Mm. Um, I only ever had one reaction to that. My uh, college roommate, his mom, got me a cheese ball for Christmas. <laughs> it was this big, like, orange cheese ball. That's like, so American. And I ate the whole thing in, like, two and a half days. That's so And then bad. I went home for Christmas break, and I was sick the entire time. Mm. And I didn't eat cheese for, like, probably six months. Mm-hmm. I was terrified. All right, let's let's bring let's rein it in. We're we're, we're already in an hour. I like the cheese ball story. It sounds like it this, this time, whole topic revolves around one thing, though. What is that? The food you put in your body, yes, it alters your body chemistry physically and everything. But it sounds like what you're saying in this whole analogy with like cigarettes and cheese and everything is, it does something to your mind chemically. It yeah. builds up these addictions. Well, dairy does. I don't know if anything else does. I don't think meat does. Dairy does because, like Lisa just said, it's built into breast milk mm-hmm. to, to make keep you... your offspring alive. Right. Okay. There's addictive chemicals in breast milk, right. whether it be a so cow or a You're human. not even talking about, like, 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 I hear a lot of vegans talk about this, like the hormones or anything that get added, the purified bacteria. No, we no. We're just talking about Naturally. straight up. God milk from the teat. God yes. God put shit in there that so the baby would eat it so the baby doesn't die. Okay. Right. And, and whether they, it be a cow or a human, it's attaching to re- so dairy attaches to the same receptors in your brain that heroin attaches to. Okay. And not at the same level, but that's because we it's, are it's so, like, so cheese is addictive. It's a common <laughs> it's a common sense kind of thing. Like I have a newborn, um, I feed him breast milk. He has to be obsessed with that breast milk in order to sustain life. Right. Whereas a, a calf uh, needs to be obsessed with the breast milk of his mother to sustain life. Like that's that's the deal with breast milk, but when you aka ferment milk. It. And you put hot pepper in it. I'm sure it tastes <laughs> it is amazing. Awesome. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Same with the fake stuff, though, too. All right, wait. Let me just wrap up <laughs> Esselstein here. Okay. Yeah. We already did boners. That did was the last boners? episode. Yeah. The... Um, so Esselstein, actually, as he got more into showing that a diet could reverse heart disease. Reverse. No one's ever reversed heart we'll disease. We'll talk about this. We'll go like into detail. Stints, bypasses. No one's ever reversed heart disease with a no, stint or a bypass a or any stint- of that. A stint in the bypass doesn't reverse anything. No. It just, it's like a band-aid on a problem. So this guy gets 24 patients. Most of them have failed several bypass operations. Mm-hmm. Um, six of them were told they will not live through the rest of the year. Okay. They just threw like 
these guys are all dying. Yeah. You need people like, here to take them. He got the worst of the worst for his first study. Okay. Um, what happened? Most of them are still alive. They're in the China study or the Forks Over Knives. You're going to see them. They're talking. They're okay. alive. Okay. They're thin. They're, they're happy. Alive. And this woman's like, eh. But a lot of it started with Esselstyn just being a good dude. Mm-hmm. This one girl was like, I was at Walmart and I was looking at the subway and I was like, oh I just wanted my the, God. I wanted She's that like, fucking meatball she was like, sub. Did you, did you no, watch this? No, but she wanted the meatball <laughs> That's sub. literally what she said. <laughs> she was like, I saw the subway and I was like, God damn, I'm going to get a meatball sub. <laughs> and and Esselstyn's wife called her. And like, was like, don't get like that a, meatball sub. Yeah, like like a drug or alcohol, nice. like, uh, yeah. what do you call them? Uh, sponsor? Sponsor. sponsor. But she was just like, hey. What are you doing? She was like, I'm at Walmart. And she, she was, was like, like don't, don't fucking buy get that. anything don't there. But get she that was like, she, but this, and this, like, this is just crazy. And she was like, ah. And then, but then in the, in the documentary, I don't think she's, they don't actually talk to the people in the China study, but the documentary gets the people on camera. Right. She was like, I honestly got him alive because of the study. Dr. Esselstyn. But after that, he goes on and on and on. So this is all he does now. So we tried to bring this back to the Cleveland Clinic and say, I would like a yeah. wing hey, I of nutritional studies lives. and to be able to try to help people in nutrition. And they were honest with him. Like, we are no. 90% funded by pharmaceutical companies. Right. Um, we no. have no financial interest in curing... The stuff that's paying yeah. us. Yeah, right. yeah, there's no... We're not... Like, this, the salad community is not funding <laughs> no. the Cleveland Clinic. So this is where it gets fucking... This is where I got into it. You know, I'm a government guy. Let's, I'm a next, science next guy. Next podcast, yeah, like, I got it. Conspiracies. Yeah. Do it. Or next one. Conspiracies. Um, so anyways, it. so this next guy... Next podcast is about So to wrap it up, he, uh, he starts to see results. Um, people drop out, or if they stay with him, they're successful. If they drop out, they don't. He's arguing, and he's an old, healthy man that... Um, not only could heart disease be prevented if you come into a hospital with a cardiac emergency, obviously you should be saved with a stint or a bypass, but then it, it will never get worse. This guy has gone far enough to say that like heart disease will not exist. If it fix you. If you change your diet prior to having that. And if you have a cardiac emergency, if you're in the 75% of people who have one, and survive, but like my father, some people want it done. Survive. My dad, my dad was, he was a yo-yo dieter, up and yeah. down, up and down. Um, but when he was doing like the low carb, no carb stuff, his yeah. doctor was like, "This is better than what you were doing. Your heart seems to be fine. Like you don't have high cholesterol." He just died. Like, and that's a lot of people just die. Right. But the ones that kill people happen out of the blue. And they build up so quickly that there's no, like, before the ambulance gets there, you're dead. Right. And that could be a 25-year-old athlete. That could be a 60-year-old man that has no predetermined blah, blah, blah. Um, so, I don't know. The Esselstyn guy ends up hooking up with the Campbell guy. This whole China study thing becomes a book, and it becomes, a like, the Bible of veganism. It is. It and, is. Um, if you're a vegan or you're starting out, look it up. And, yeah, they wrap it all up by, like, Showing like the like the, the economics of it, uh, two and a half trillion dollars are spent in healthcare in America, like five times more than the number two country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're dying at way higher rates. We have doubled our meat 
double their dairy, double their sugar intake in the last like 50 years. Mm-hmm. But we're um, dying earlier. You're dying earlier. Our, our life expectancy more. is going down. Half of Americans are taking a prescription drug. That's fucking insane. One in three Americans will have diabetes. That's so sad. 33% of Americans will have diabetes. That's right. Yeah, and some people are born with diabetes. There's two kinds of diabetes. Okay, but, but the, the diabetes that people are born with is very yeah. minute compared to that figure. Um, so to end it, oh, actually, so that I'm going to get really like fancy here. Thomas Edison quote um, is the doctor of the future will no longer treat human frame with drugs, but rather will cure and prevent disease with nutrition. Damn. This is a guy that fucking the lights are on because of this forward this dude. thinking. <laughs> yeah. And then. Well, to, uh, didn't Socrates who who said my hop, quote? Let hopo- uh, the hopo- the Hippocratic guy. Okay. Hippocratic. Man, but it didn't he proof. also have like a like a mathematical equation? That guy's a little yeah. like a show. But the other thing that I, um, a woman randomly on the Forks and Knives documentary said yes. this, and it resonated Bull with me a lot. And, it, and Kat, you can speak on this. Speak, speak. You're a diet guy. You've tried a ton of diets. I have tried a ton of diets. This woman who claims that she was off of more than she can count on her fingers prescription drugs. She said every whatever under the sun. She said that one thing that she had to remember and that helped her get to where she is now is that a diet is not a battle. It is a war. Right. And in a war, you lose battles. And if you lose a battle and just throw out your white flag, you're going to die. Right. But she said that she had to remember that even though she lost a battle, she's still fighting a war. So yeah. That's yeah. deep. Yeah, and I was that resonated on, on like a level of other things, like everything in your life. Like just because you fucked up one time doesn't mean you're done. You lost. That's like, good. Yeah. That's really good. Wish that's I made like, that up. That's yeah. like that's like parenting <laughs> level good. Yeah. That was good. Okay. But that's it. So. Damn. This is our longest podcast ever. Wow. We got nothing Still left. shorter than a lot of podcasts. Let's and it was go. quality. Right. I don't okay. feel like we've pushed this. I think do this we, is good. Do you guys want to do like closing thoughts like the Jerry Springer show? Like closing, sh- closing shots? Is that closing what you said? Closing shots. Start I really off. do not want to do another shot. Start us off. Oh, man. Closing, uh, closing thoughts. Thank you for letting me be a guest of uh, Lisa Beats Your Meat, which is a wonderful podcast about veganism. Um, I appreciate you guys as friends and uh, landlords. Uh, and uh no i think this is some good stuff i think what we've touched on a little bit too is the fact that food is a drug and not a lot of people understand that Mm -hmm. and it's not going to destroy you as quickly as heroin or the cocaina but uh over a long period of time if you put the wrong food in your body it will do the same impact those naughty naughty bad bad drugs will do so Mm -hmm. it's good yeah it's true yeah lisa um um, I learned that Jojo started to study. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I had his real name that would have helped the whole conversation. Jojo. Yep. Oh, what'd fair you learn? enough. What'd you learn, Jimmy? Uh, a lot of things. Jimmy? But... Do you find it weird that I call you Jimmy? Jimmy? I feel like it's very bizarre to like say your name. Uh, a lot of people don't call me Jimmy. Jimmy. I had a closing thought, but I forgot it already. Yeah, must have been good. All right. Yeah. This has been Lisa Beats Your Meat, episode 11. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I remembered it. Oh. What? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so I'm I'm 36 and I'm, uh, this is going to be quick though. 36 um, is like 72. I'm starting to realize, you know, 
This is when you start to think about, hopefully, if you're lucky, like your retirement and things like that. Yes. Ooh, 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 you're about to trigger something to me. Go ahead. Yeah, we don't need this to go for a while. When I was 20 and someone said, like, think about your IRA, I was like, ha, you're an idiot. Like, that's (laughs) dumb. I don't give a shit. And same thing. People said, think about, like, you're going to die someday. I was like, ah, fuck that. Yeah, exactly. Um, The fact that. I'm thinking about my retirement in my 30s. I'm, I feel like really lucky that I'm thinking about that because mm-hmm. I'm going to be great when I'm in my 60s. But also we're the fact live that... forever. Yes, and that's the thing. The, the fact that I'm thinking about my mortality in my 30s. Um, if you're in your 20s, you might not be thinking that much about it. But I want to live for a long time yeah. financially and actually live for a long time. Yes. And so just... What you put in your body is the same thing that you might put into your investment account. Right. So the, the sooner you get on that, the when better. When you go to sleep, that's what death is. Do you know what's going on? No. <laughs> so. Right. Okay. Wrap one, it up. One quick ad, though. What you just said triggers on me. So a wonderful person in my life, Dr. Jay Villarreal, my chiropractor. Uh, he actually uh, sells a book in his chiropractor's office that ties yeah. in what you just said. Uh, it is, if I'm going to butcher the title, but something along the lines of cruise ship or nursing home, where do you want to be in your retirement? Amen. And the whole book is about how you treat your body now. I mean, yeah, maybe you're only going to live to 75 years old, but do you want your last 10 years in assisted living or do you want your last 10 years uh, sailing the Arctic seas? And That's a good one. I want to read that. I like it. I like it. All right. That's good. That's good ending. All right. Uh, this has been Lisa Beats Your Meat, episode eleven, the China study. Best episode ever. More to come. Thank you for listening.